Welcome to the House of Horrors podcast, where each week we dissect problems real estate investors have faced, how they navigated it, and of course, what you can do to avoid ending up in their shoes. Hey there, I'm Bonnie, and welcome to this week's episode of the House of Horrors podcast. And let me tell you, this is a situation I hear all the time. So many investors say, you know, it's, you know, I'm not really at risk right now. I don't really want to focus on legal. I've only got a property or two or that, you know, they'll deal with the legal stuff once they're bigger. Right now, they're just focused on growth. Gosh. And when I hear that stuff, I just want to grab them by the shoulders and say, don't, don't do it, guys. (laughs) Because I can't tell you the number of times I've had investors with just one or two properties or in the process of even just purchasing their first property. And they end up with a big, but often super, super preventable legal issue but not you, friend, not you, because you're here right now. And whether you are a newbie who has legal way, way, way down on their to-do list, or you're an experienced investor who's realizing that they no longer are that newbie and should probably hunker down and seriously start thinking about legally protecting the portfolio that you've built up, you're in the right place. And so in this episode, I want to debunk a few of the common reasons why I hear real estate investors put off the legal stuff. And if you've been loving the House of Horrors podcast, I'd love it if you would leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help other investors find this podcast. And if you do that and screenshot it, shoot me a DM on Instagram at BonnieGallumESQ. I will be giving away a $25 Home Depot gift card to one of the reviewers at the end of this month. I so, so appreciate all of you who tune in each and every week, and I thought this would be a fun little way to give back. And now let's dive into those three reasons why you should not be putting off asset protection, guys. Okay, first, there's this misconception that I hear all the time that tackling the legal stuff will wait until you have more properties. Raise your hand in your car while you're folding laundry, whatever you're doing, if that is you, because you are thinking, hey, with more properties comes more risk. And I hear this probably most often from house hackers. And I think that stems from the fact that asset protection has always kind of been sold as just, you know, get yourself an LLC. But if you use FHA financing, which a lot of house hacking investors do, then you can't purchase with an LLC. And so like the legal stuff just gets mentally written off as something they can't do because of their financing. Now, if you're going to hit, you know, the max amount of your FHA loans or, you know, really whatever your financing type is, I want to tell you that size does not matter. And just because you have less to lose does not mean that you cannot lose. Small doesn't mean less risk. Larger actually is in some ways easier because you have a cushion. You've got, you know, enough cash flow that you stop and maybe don't feel as much all these little dips in your income. And many investors feel that right away because they're relying on every single rent payment to come through and come through in full to be able to keep their portfolio afloat. And yeah, while statistically it might be true that because more properties means more tenants and more contractors and more land, on the flip side, it's also not true because each property carries with it, you know, an insane amount of risk, I'll say that, but it's the same kinds of problems. They're not suddenly new or different or more dangerous types of legal problems that suddenly pop up when you leapfrog from having, say, one property to 10 properties. The risks, the type of risks you're exposed to remain the same. The only real difference that I like to you know, point out to investors is as your portfolio grows, the strategy may increased focus on containing losses within the portfolio by, you know, separating the 
the properties from each other. That way, if something goes wrong over here, it doesn't trickle over and expose the property over there. But in my opinion, the best way to contain losses is to prevent them in the first place. Being proactive with your legal strategy, that way we don't have these catastrophic issues that you're actually coming out of pocket for. And so why aren't investors proactive with their legal strategy? That brings me to number two, our second reason why real estate investors are not tackling this stuff bright and early in the morning, first thing that they think of when they decide they want to become a real estate investor is that they think it'll just be easy to deal with it later. And the sad reality, though, is that the legal stuff doesn't have the same effectiveness or cost efficiency down the line. And that's largely in part because asset protection doesn't work retroactively. Let me explain what I mean. And so asset protection, whether it's offensive, meaning something that prevents lawsuits, liabilities, and losses from happening in the first place, or defensive asset protection tools, meaning a tool that mitigates or minimizes the amount of that loss that you feel after it's already happened, though. Both types of these asset protection only start working from when you put them in place. You can't put insurance in place today, for example, and have it cover something that happened yesterday, even if you get sued for it in a year. And yeah, that's right. I I hear this misconception a lot where the, the counting of time starts from when the incident actually happened, not when the lawsuit happens. And so if something happens today, you put your property in an LLC tomorrow and you get sued for it next year, that LLC is not going to cover you. And so if you're thinking, oh, now well, I'll just move the property into a trust um, or out of it if those situations arise. And let me tell you, the courts are one step ahead of you, one giant step ahead of you. And they will see the moving of those assets around as fraudulent because you can't do that in anticipation of a lawsuit. Whether you think one is coming, like you know someone has like slipped and fall or you know that something is brewing with a contractor over a contract. They haven't quite said it yet, but you can see this breach is coming down the road. These types of transfers will often be deemed fraudulent and the courts can actually undo them. And so don't try to shift things around. I've, I've had investors reach out to me and be like, hey, I think I'm going to get divorced or I think this bankruptcy is coming down the road and X, Y, and Z. And so... I want to get it out of my name or I want to get it out of this business. And it's not going to work, guys. It's not going to work. So don't waste your time. Don't waste paying an attorney to try to tell you something that I'm going to tell you for free right now. It ain't going to work. But along the same lines of money brings me to the third reason why I find investors put off tackling the legal stuff. And that just straight up comes down to money. Look, lawyers can feel like money sucks. (laughs) I will be the first to admit that. And that's not an entirely wrong sentiment. Defensive tools that lawyers sell or insurance are just, they're frankly money sucks because you don't need them unless things go seriously wrong. An LLC does not mean a lick if you don't have a catastrophic lawsuit that exceeds the value of the asset inside of it, period. Insurance premiums are like money down the toilet if you don't have to make a claim. And so yeah, considering asset protection as a waste of money while you're in growth mode is not an unreasonable thought. It's completely not. But it's still wrong, in my opinion, for a few reasons. And the first being that you're not looking at the full picture of what legal can do for you. 
My legal strategy that I teach investors about inside of Landlord Law School is profit-driven, and I can tell you it makes me and my students money every single month, if not every single day. Legal should help you clean up your operations and increase your bottom line. It's, it's frankly the easiest way to instantly make more money in your business. And when you clean up shop and stop the sloppiness that allows tenants and contractors and anyone else who interacts with your investing business, who is not you, from running the show and deciding what you're doing with your money is something that is largely preventable. And legal can just be way more expensive to put in place down the line when it comes to like entity formation and transferring your properties into these entities. I've seen a lot of investors like not get warned from the outset that this can happen. And, you know, when you're buying properties, the ideal situation is that you're initially titling it how you want to be titled for the long term. And so if you're buying um, something that you want to be in an LLC, it's a heck of a lot easier just to purchase it in the LLC from the outset. And the reason why is that many states have a transfer tax to move properties into an LLC and even into some types of trusts. And so you're paying the transfer tax when you purchase. Yes, even if you know the state where you're buying property in, the seller pays for the, the transfer tax because you know that's factored into the, the sales price. Everything is factored in. But then you also pay for it again when you transfer the property into the entity down the line. And now look, your asset protection strategy can and should evolve with time. If you are an FHA house hacker, do I think you should not put 3.5% down to um, only do commercial loans with LLCs? No, I, I'm not saying that. And so if this is a cost that has to be delayed for you to be able to invest in real estate, then so be it. But it's also something that I want you to have in mind, especially when you know some people are purchasing with you know, cash. Um, a lot of hard money lenders now, thankfully, are requiring LLCs, and so it's a little bit less of an issue there. But you want to make sure that you're not just taking the easy way out. You don't want to, you feel like a, a seller won't sell to you because you're an LLC and not your personal name. Like those are really bad reasons to pay an extra few thousand dollars. Um, I've never seen a seller turn down an offer um, to an LLC that has, you know, an actual human being behind it and not as like some giant corporate conglomerate. And, you know, maybe entities like LLCs aren't on the plate right now, and that's okay. But you still need to think about legal and then pivot down the line and know what those pivot options are as well. But asset protection tools like offensive tools are available to you no matter your financing, no matter your budget, no matter your entity, no matter your insurance. And for that reason, every single investor should be implementing offensive tools like good contracts and legal systems and processes to tighten up the ship, increase the bottom line, and make some more money. And if you're ready to start doing that, and you've got this fire under you after this episode, I want to invite you to register for my free workshop this week, The Five Steps to Legally Protect Yourself and Your Portfolio. Uh, for the last time, you're going to hear this invite before the live workshop, and you can register at bonniegallum.com slash five steps. At the end of this workshop, I will be sharing with you a limited time promotion for Landlord Law School with 10 freaking bonuses. It's absolutely wild. I was going through it today um, before I started to record, and it's it's bonkers, guys. And some of those bonuses are only available if you attend the workshop live. So make sure you get yourself signed up stat. And now, dang, I am like all sorts of fired up. <laughs> but the excitement will continue next week on the pod, guys. Tune in because I'm going to be covering an unexpected asset protection risk in your real estate investing business. Drum roll, please. It is your attorney. Yep. 
Your attorney is also costing you money, leaving things on the table, and leaving you exposed. And it's coming from an attorney. Can you believe that? <laughs> but I will hear see you here same time, same place next week to have that conversation. And if you learn something new in this podcast, I would encourage you to subscribe so you don't miss when new episodes drop. And as I mentioned before, would so appreciate if you left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It really does go a long way. And of course, you'll be entered to win that $25 Home Depot gift card at the end of this month. Thanks so much for listening to the House of Horrors podcast. Make sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can also check out all of our podcast episodes, show notes, links, and more at bonniegallum.com forward slash podcast. You can learn more about legally protecting your portfolio and take my free legal workshop, The Three Legal Myths, Preventing You from Securing and Scaling Your Portfolio, and of course, what to do instead at bonniegallum.com. And to stay connected and follow along, follow me on Instagram at bonniegallumesq and send me a DM to say hi. Thank you for listening to the Good Bones Real Estate Investing Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast player to make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes. Now this lawyer's got to drop the fine print real quick. This podcast is educational and not intended to be legal tax or investing advice for you. Please speak with a local professional for specific advice unique to you and your situation. That's it for this episode. Bye for now.